Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo ho ho, welcome to episode 88 of Japan according to Akio. Um, I have to apologize again, I have a sniffly little nose,、um, so I sound a little bit different. Um, but but doing, doing fine on the road to recovery from a slight cold that I got from my son. In this episode, I dropped some top secret information about manga,、um, about、uh, give my two cents on you know,、um, Japan and how it deals with certain issues and problems. Japanese society, a lot of insights. Really, I tried to expand and give, again, according to me, my two cents on, on how. Things flow here, in, especially in a lot of situations that might be、uh, not ideal for foreign people. And at the end, as well, I give an update on the Nissan situation, which is taking another unexpected turn. You know, that was、uh, something that caught me off guard this week. So, pretty much just catching up on articles and a few different things. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, but、um, I think there's a lot to really unpack here. And、uh, several nuggets sprinkled in. So just listen up carefully again and enjoy. Yo, what's up, y'all? How's it going? Hope you're doing well. Welcome to episode 88. Of course, it's Japan according to Akil time. Ready to rise and shine, or yeah, I don't know, chill. <laughs> Pretty late.、Um, you might notice I have a bit of a sniffle. I sound a bit differently. Have some sniffles. Sorry, I have some sniffles.、Um, yeah, basically, I am. Wait, hold on. Oh, sorry. I had to test, test some of these earphones out. Pretty much,、um, my son got a mild cold and I got a little bit of it. So,、um, just a runny nose, though. I'm, al- I'm almost better. You know, just took some specialized vitamins that my secret sauce that I did in.、Um, I'm on the road to recovery, so no alcohol tonight. I haven't really drunk for the past two days just to kind of you know, make sure I、um, speed along my recovery, if you will. So, so tonight, again,、um, I'm just going to kind of clean up a few things that I didn't really have a chance to go through on the last podcast and also give you an update,、uh, update on something、um, The continuing Nissan saga here in Japan. There's been another dun, 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 development in that situation. So, drinking water,、uh, give, you, give, you a, give you a bit of、uh, inside information on that, something that just broke here a few days ago, and then I'll get up out of here.、Um, so, again, my apologies for my breathing. <laughs> But、um, my sniffles, I might sneeze a couple of times. But you know, you know how, I'm sure you know how it is. Again, I'm not professional at all. So please don't hold it against me. And if you do, hey, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Anyway,、um, so if you remember, If you remember,、um, let, me see, let me see. Oh, yeah, okay. I talked about that last time. Last time we talked a bit about legal things. And if you, if you listen to the previous podcast, you know there were a few、um, things I just kind of skipped over just for time reasons. One of those things I'd like to talk a little bit about now、um, 
again, nothing really special happened with me um, recently, so I'm just going to jump into things. going to give you a quick one, and then we'll get up out of here this time. Um, so the, the article is, one, one of the articles left over from the previous episode was 27% of municipalities, but it's in Japan Time, Japan Today article. So 27% of municipalities concerned over surge in foreign visitors in Japan survey. Once again, 27% of municipalities concerned over surge in foreign visitors in Japan survey. Hold on, my sneeze. Hold on, my sneeze. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, okay, that's fine. So, again, I didn't read this article, but it's something that I've kind of noticed that I've seen pop up every now and then um, from about two or three years ago, especially specifically in Kyoto, right? And one thing you're going to... Uh, I noticed is pretty much the Japanese economy, you know, tourism nosedive took a, took a nosedive after the um, earthquake in 2011, which is geez, coming up on 10 years ago. This is crazy. Um, you know, um, about eight and a half years ago. Now, since that time, you know, a few years, a few years gap, and then tourism kind of really took off here in Japan, and you know it's kind of culminating with the Rugby World Cup that's going to start in a couple of weeks, and the Olympics next year, and then a few years in Osaka with um the World Expo, and I noticed like about at first every Japanese people were like the government set a target for tourism. Um, I don't know what the fuck it was. I forgot what it was, but. You know, they were hitting their benchmarks of tourism, tourists coming into Japan that they wanted to hit. And everyone was like, fuck yeah, yeah, that's just awesome, whatever, whatever. And suddenly, about three years ago, like, a few, I've noticed seeing a few articles and information about, you know, especially, it started with Kyoto, from what I saw. Like, Kyoto kind of concerned about the amount of foreign people coming in. Uh, we kind of thinking about limiting the amount of foreign people coming in. Uh, I forgot. It's like foreign people pollution. I, I think that's the name of it, like in Japanese, you know, and pretty much not pollution, like real pollution, just uh, overflow of foreign people. And basically what I'm feeling is kind of starting to happen in Japan is like, of course, I think as I said before, Japanese people want that tourist money, right? Tourists coming in, means hey we can it's a it's a two kind of thing like hey we can show the not literally this way but i think somewhere subconsciously we can show the greatness that is japan to foreign people and sorry i guess try hold this knees and two get the economic benefits of people coming into japan but japan's kind of funny with this type of stuff because japanese people are kind of control freaks if you know, um, and so foreign people are good, but only a limited amount of foreign people, not enough to really mess with everyday life here is kind of what's comfortable for Japanese people. Not really control freaks. I say a bit xenophobic. It's kind of a xenophobic country, if you will, you know, a bit fearful of foreign people to a certain extent. And so not in a malicious way, but just like Japan, J Japanese people like things to be the same and like things to be predictable from my my two cents so when tourists start coming in and you can't really control the amount of tourists and it really starts to mess with everyday life here you know people start freaking out and people start complaining and again in japan it's not so much majority rules that's the important thing it's more 
no one needs to complain. As long do like it's kind of a trend here that the government or people will do everything to make sure that nobody complains. It, it, you'll be in situations here in Japan where everyone's cool and it'll be like one Japanese person who's like upset about something and everything has to stop. Like the record skips and everyone's like, oh shit, this person's upset. Because, you know, on the surface, group 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 harmony is a very important thing here. You know, and sometimes the perception of group harmony is a very important concept here. So if there's one person who's really upset or really dissatisfied with something, people kind of tend to bend over backwards to kind of smooth everything out. Even though like everybody else might be totally cool Everybody will be like, okay, let's try and figure this thing out to make it right, even though it's just like one person bitching and moaning about something, right? It happens like this sometimes here. <laughs> My advice for you in that situation, let the Japanese people do Japanese stuff. This is another one of those situations where it's just like, sitting on the sidelines, it's like, yo, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, like you can't have your cake and eat it too, man. Like you either want foreign tourists or you don't. But Japanese people don't really see it like that. We want foreign tourists and we want them to like leave us alone and do everything in a very Japanese way and, you know, not come too much. We want enough to help with the economy and, you know, help with business, but not too many where our streets are crowded, there's litter and there's a bunch of other shit going on. So, so you know, um, I guess it's hitting that point now where the grumbles are starting by a few citizens or whatever because that, you know, adjustment period is happening. And, I mean, if you think about it, this is going to be something that's going to be a long-term trend here in Japan because... This country is old. Like, you know, it has, like, I think the second... I saw um, some statistics a few weeks ago. I believe it's the second or fourth lowest... South Korea is the worst... The lowest birth rate in the world. Um, but I think Japan is, like, pretty low, too. It's, like, second lowest or third lowest or some shit like that. And, you know, at some point or another, either they're going to need to be like I robot and increase the number of robots living in this country, which is probably going to lead to complaints or increase the number of foreign people coming into the country, which is probably going to lead to complaints. Speaking of that, the interesting thing is, right. I really think about it. Like the big debate here is like whether we're going to let foreign people come into Japan and blah, 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 blah. But the thing is though, like, consideration of how attractive living in Japan is to foreign people is not even an issue at all. Making Japan an attractive place is not really, from what I, from where I sit, not really the forefront of the conversation. It's like, how many, what checks and balances are we going to have? We got to make sure they learn Japanese. We got to make sure they do this. We got to make sure they do that so that they can work in a factory in the countryside or with a farmer or like, you know, something like that. They're not like, it seems like they're not really opening up the country to like let people work at like, you know, top flight companies here. (laughs) That recruiting goes on a different way. Right. But, but it's more like bring people in. I get the feeling from, like, you know, other Asian countries as, like, labor, if you will. And um, I saw something about, like, that labor situation as far as the Olympic construction is going, too. Just bring them in. I can't remember. It's like an internship program. I watched something about it, like, a few months ago, but it was too heavy for me to really talk to it, talk about it on the podcast in detail. Um, but it's like a, some crazy program where... 
it's pretty much just like funneling people into jobs that they need kind of labor for is what it, what it sounds like, you know, but it's more like, hey, you can come here and learn the skills that you need and take them back to your country. But really, it's like you're working like shelling oysters and like, you know, doing construction work and shit like that. So um, the tourist thing is another side of that where um, I've seen stuff, you know, TV shows and news where it's just like, look at all these foreign people in Kyoto. Look at all these foreign people all over the place. What the fuck are they doing? Kind of thing. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to hate on Japanese people, and you know, but that's one thing that I feel is going to be one of the growing... I'm, I'm saying all this for a reason. Let me get back. I'm not just bashing Japan, but... This is going to be one of the growing pains that Japan is going to have to deal with coming down the road. When I remember I said foresight isn't really a thing here, and things kind of get kicked down the road until they kind of the shit hits the fan, really. And for me, this is one of the like canaries in the coal mine of that type of situation where the clash between the need for foreign people to come into Japan versus the 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 unwillingness to kind of accommodate those people and really change and, and, you know, adapt to the changing climate of the world, of the economy, however you want to put it. That's kind of coming to a head slowly. It's like a tectonic shift that's happening slowly, you know, and then the plates are slowly, like, coming together and crashing together and shit uh, beneath the surface of Japanese society. Like, that's what it kind of feels like. Um, and the shit is not going to stop, right? It's, it's kind of crazy. Speaking of shit, that's not gonna stop. I can give you some inside information too. Um, I won't say again. I won't say the person. I won't say. Uh, I'm sure. What can I say? Okay, I know what I can say. So I had an interest. Uh, as you know, like I kind of um, one benefit of my job is I'm able to kind of um pick the brain of people in a few different industries. You heard me talk about the person from the beverage company and, you know, a few financial experts and things like that. Like, I, I, you know, if, if you are up on your shit, there are several opportunities to really pick the brains of people who are at the pulse of several different industries that I really wouldn't have the opportunity to do in the States. Um, but you, again, you got to be up on your shit. You got to know what you're talking about. You got to know how to carry the conversation in a certain way. So, this one dude is a pretty again I can't I won't give any specifics about his company. I, I don't even know his company's name, thank goodness. But I, you know, I don't want to know his company name, but I won't give too much detail about what he does, but I'll just say I had a conversation uh with another guy who's really deep into I don't know if I talked about the first guy I talked to um in the financial services industry. I might not have, but I had two let me just say just in case I didn't say talk about it before. I, in the past like couple of weeks I've had two really in-depth like hour-long conversations with people at the pulse of the Japanese financial um industry here. And the guy at the first guy, the guy I talked to most recently is like how would I say this? Um, he's, let's say, has, he's in charge of a large pool of assets. Let me say that, right? In charge of a large pool of assets. And we were talking about, um, just, you know, the we cut into the conversation a little bit 
about the Japanese economy and things like that. And it, it, I kind of flexed, you know, showed up, not flexed on him like, yo, man, but like showed that I, I was up on what's going on with central banking policy in here. And we kind of got into it. And he gave me some inside, a little bit of inside information and was, you know, telling me about like the, um, the yield curve here and shit like that. And, you know, going back and forth just about what the pinch that the Japanese central bank is in. And, he, you know, and mm, it kind of really feels like the, I kind of talked about a, a bit about central, the central bank here and I wonder what they're going to do, but you get the feeling like some of the people who, these two people, especially who are kind of like movers or shakers in the financial industry here are really like, yeah, this is a really fucked up situation. <laughs> I don't mean to be all doom and gloom about it, but mm, they were like, yo, like, yeah, we don't know what the fuck is going to happen, but this shit, mm. yeah, and pretty much the guy was like telling me his other friends who are, who are, would also have to be heavy hitters in the industry too, they kind of know it's like a... The economy here is just like a ticking time bomb, pretty much, you know, and they just don't know how big it's going to explode, when it's going to explode. Again, it could be two years, it could be five years, it could be 20 years. Nobody knows, but they know, like, you know, shit ain't looking too good. And it's like, ain't really too many more options for the central bank here in Japan. I'll just say that, um, again, not to discourage you from coming here, not to go down the rabbit hole and all doom and gloom and, you know, global depression and shit like that but um yeah shit could get really you know it, it sounds like the, the cloud storm clouds are circling here in japan and like of course again i don't fucking i i thought this was these storm clouds are circling like 2013 and now we're like six years six years later so um don't really take my i'm not a fucking financial expert i'm an english teacher who just talks to financial experts who but um I yeah, from two separate sources. Like not like something's gonna happen tomorrow in the economy, but if you do, if you are into economics and you do a bit of digging, you'll kind of understand what I'm talking about, and just understand the situation that the central bank, the Japanese central bank, is in, is something that I don't think they can get out of like at all. And you know, it's just kind of more like delaying the inevitable. How long they can delay that for? Who knows? That's going to be the interesting thing. Again, it could be two months. It could be two years. It could be 20 years. I don't know. I've kind of stopped playing the kind of guessing game on this. I'm just, you know, following my dreams and doing all that. And I would expect you, I would encourage you to do the same thing. Don't really get all caught up in it. But I was just really kind of like, I had two conversations that really were like, okay, these guys are kind of like looking around, looking around at each other like, oh, shit. You know, then I... Good thing I've made some hope preparations for those type of things, and hopefully um, that is enough. And if you are in the situation where you are here or coming here, I would just advise you to be on your toes and on your P's and Q's too. That's all. That's all. Just, again, it's just some friendly information, something for you to think about. So if, you know, some shit does go down, you can't be like, whoa, like everyone else. Like, you'll kind of be like, oh, okay, this is what he was talking about. So that's all. That's all. Again. Inside information was going on in and around Tokyo. That's what we're here to do. Trying to give you like the lowdown. All right. Um. Um. Yum 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 yum. 
Oh, speaking of the lowdown, I got some anime information for you, which is kind of cool. And I got one of the main topics I want to talk about, and I'll get up out of here. So um, today, actually, I was scrolling through my timeline. I forgot. Maybe this looks like it's from Japan today. Again, another article entitled, uh, One Piece Creator Reveals Timeline for When He'd Like the mega hit manga to end so if you're really into like manga and things like that and you're into one piece which is one of huge blockbuster um anime and manga series uh maybe 900 episodes i don't even know how many i haven't watched it like i think i watched the first episode like about almost 10 years ago when uh one of my coworkers was like he's from wales he's like you gotta watch it man this is fucking awesome you know and i was like all right and i just Watched the first episode, and I was like, okay, this is cool, but how many episodes is this shit? Like, you know, I was thinking, just like, it was, I was like 500 behind at the time. I was just like, I don't really have the time to commit to this shit. And at the time, I was, you know, again, I'm a part-time anime dude, so I was watching, like, Naruto at the time, and I was just like, I ain't got the time to fucking invest in this bull- this shit. So um, I stopped at the first episode. And also, one of my number one pet peeve is um like i realized it like after watching naruto just the agony and the anguish of like getting to a show enjoying it and then like after having to wait like not being able to binge watch it basically you know having to wait week after week after week for each episode and you know if you know about anime you know naruto is notorious for fucking filler and then so i'm just sitting there and it's a fucking filler episode and another filler episode i'm just like motherfuckers fuck you guys like so after that i was just like fuck this shit and just you know um Gave up for a few, for a few, or Naruto's case, gave up for a few years until after Naruto ended, after the series ended, and I was sure it was all online. And then I just picked up and watched, like, uh, I think from, yeah, yeah, until the end of the series. So, um, same thing with, like, One Piece. I might get around to it one day, you know, when I have, like, when I'm balling, I got enough free time to waste, like, a couple of weeks on binge watching this shit. But, um, I ain't got 800 episodes in me. Like, <laughs> shit. So, um, yeah. But, 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 oh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I put down my phone in the whole nine. But anyway, um, apparently I read through the article and I'll just spoil it for you. So you don't have to read it. And if, you know, if you do know someone who's in anime or whatever, you can just be like, yo, 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 I got the inside information. But in an interview, I guess on a Japanese TV show, um, I could actually read the article, surprise. But on a, in an interview in a Japanese TV show recently, the, the creator of One Piece um, said that, um, I think he was asked when they wanted the show to end. He was thinking he wants the show to end within five years. So uh, I think 2024 was what it would take it to. Um, so around, around 2024, you can expect the sh- the um, One Piece manga series to end, and then sh- and sometime later, the anime series uh, will be ending. Is kind of seems like what the timeline is for the show, which would take it to um, 24 years, 25 years, I believe. It's 25 years, uh, I think. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I forgot, but. Mm. Which isn't, I actually did a bit more research on this today because I had a few minutes. 
it, there are have been this isn't by far the um it, it would make it i think it said it, the article said that would make it like the fourth longest running show um and manga in japanese history so um yeah that's that's a little piece of you know either entertaining either interesting or useless information for you depending on which side of the anime fence you swing on all right but dun, 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 before I get out of here, I have um, one more thing for you. Um, it's actually one big story that's going to be chopped up in two articles. One uh, from a few days ago is, um, so again, sorry for the runny nose. Nissan, here we go. So Nissan, Nissan's back in the news, right? And if you remember, um, Carlos Ghosn, the former president, the ousted president of Nissan, they were calling him dirty. He was stealing money. They just dragged his name all through the mud. I don't even know what he's doing. He's doing something nowadays. So one of his, um, the current president, Hiroto Saikawa, it might. I still don't know all the details, but somewhere there might have been some infighting or some conf, internal conflict there, and he might have been the one who started got the ball rolling to get gone out of there. Is what you know the streets are saying. I don't really know, but you know it came out recently that um, actually Saikawa um, received uh inappropriate funds in stock some stock options or some shit like that like about 400,000 US dollars and the article says Nissan not currently considering asking CEO Saikawa to resign and so pretty much what this is is and it's interesting too right like the foreign guy does some dirt he's in jail he's washed up the the Japanese CEO who's kind of like with the group, and this kind of goes back to what I was talking about in our previous episode, actually, too. You know, he's with the group, you know, they're not going to ask him to resign. He's going to give back the money as a goodwill gesture. And he's like, oh, what happened? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's kind of uh, because, of course, Nissan can't afford to have two CEOs in a row resign or be fired. I'm damn sure, you know, I was kind of like poking fun at it on Twitter a little bit. 100 damn sure the police are not really going to pursue this, even though, like, I'm pretty sure, like, that you should go to jail for that. Like, I was asking one of the um, business people, guys I know, um, one of my students, and he was like, yeah, just giving them that money back is not really enough to really make this shit blow over. You know, it shouldn't be, is what he was trying to say. And I was like, yeah, I know. But Japan has a way of kind of sweeping these things under the rug, you know, um, and I'm pretty sure this situation is gonna get swept under the rug. Just be, if it was just him alone, he might have to resign. But because Carlos gone was already dragged through the mud, and this guy is Japanese, I'm sure they'll just resolve this situation quickly and just move past it. He'll bow, you know. He'll apologize probably, and then that'll be it, you know. And then he'll just kind of get back to business, and they'll they'll quickly put it all behind him. But it's, and that's kind of fucked the, the fucked up part about Japanese society for me as a foreign person living here. The fact you know, and again, it goes back to like jailing here, where I talked about um, that video again from um, a few episodes ago. Um, you got to understand the country that you're living in and, 
you know, these type of situations are really kind of magnifying glasses for the fact, like, don't come to this Japan on some bullshit or, like, with the expectations that your rights, quote-unquote, matter, speaking from an American person or, you know, like, you can be kind of, you know, do whatever the fuck you want to do here. It doesn't, society just doesn't work like that here, right? Like, the group is what's important. And, and this guy currently is being protected by the group. That's what it is. They're kind of gathering themselves around him, closing ranks around this dude, and being like, oh shit, it got out. But they're, you know, they're not, he's not going to get kicked out. He's not going to be ostracized either. Like, you know, in the West, my image will be like, yo, we're cleaning house. Okay, you fuck it up too. We found some shit. You get the fuck out of here. You get whoever the fuck we get. We're cleaning house. We're going to make sure we're going to show our investors and we're going to show like, you know, our shareholders and our customers that we're making a concerted effort to really clean house and get everything right. It's kind of how I've, I feel a company should do things if they had a huge scandal here. Nah, you got one person who's the scapegoat who you can say, see, we did it. They're out of here. And they kind of close ranks, close, you know, kind of close ranks around the people that have, that they feel like they can be trusted and, you know, protect those people to kind of, for the safety of the system, quote unquote. It's all about protecting the system here, you know, and it's, it's big things, small things as well, and the group as well. And I'll just flip this back to um, what I was talking about previously, understanding that it's all about protecting the group and maintaining the system and the order of doing things on the micro level if you're with a group of Japanese. That's why, for me, I got to let Japanese people do their Japanese stuff sometimes because, you know, that group will turn on you, basically. <laughs> I mean, they were not, like, going to, like, you know, shank you or nothing like that, but, you know, the, the, the flow of the group, the atmosphere of the group, if you will, atmospheres, you know, the winky uh, of the group, uh, the kooky, if you will, can can really turn on you if you, if you are causing too many waves. So you got to kind of monitor the situation quite a bit here. And I think for me, I can connect it to that. Like that's what I would imagine is going on behind, you know, the walls of, of, of the headquarters over there. And you can also see um, something else that broke today, which is even related to that is another article from Japan Times, top Nissan investigator into CEO Hiroto Saikawa's excess pay set to quit car maker. So once again, top Nissan investigator into CEO Hiroto Saikawa's excess pay set to quit car maker. And guess what? You won't believe it, but the person, basically the person, I read this article, the person in charge of corporate governance for Nissan, I think she's been working there since 2006. By the way, it's a woman and it's a foreign person. She's getting kicked out of the company, basically. She's kind of forced to, seems like she's going to, she's been forced to quit, especially since, I would, I would imagine, I would imagine what I would imagine Again, this is complete wild speculation on my part, but the the situation, the scenario that makes most sense to me is um, something like this. Like after Carlos gone was quit or was fired and everything like that, you know, kicked out of the company. And they're like, okay, we're, internally, okay, we're resetting everything. We don't want any more scandals like this to happen, right? Some shit like that was probably said. And Japanese people understand, meaning we need to cover tracks, cover our dirt, cover everything, make sure like nothing gets out. 
pretty much. What happened in the past is in the past. And we're moving forward, and we're just going to cover it. We're going to bury the bodies, you know, bury the dead bodies and move forward because that's what's best for the company is what I would imagine was implied, you know, when, when saying we're moving forward with everything, we're change, turning a new page or something like that. But I would imagine the foreign person wouldn't see it like that. And her, her saying, yo, we're moving forward. We don't want any scandals like this to happen again, meaning I need to go back and dig into stuff and make sure, you know, we get to the root of all the corruption in the company dig out all the weeds from the garden so that we can have fresh flowers. That would be like the Western point of thing to do, meaning thinking that you're empowered to find even more dirt and get all those motherfuckers out of there. But no, no, no. So she quit. They didn't really, she didn't really say why or anything like that, but they gave her name. And, you know, the timing of this kind of really seems, you know, the CEO who was found doing dirt is going to stay and the person who found his dirt is going to go. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to see what's going on there, right? And especially the person who's in charge of corporate of corporate governance is the one leaving and she's not Japanese, right? The same thing happened with Olympus. If you go back and look, watch the Olympus um, scandal um, several years ago, it had to be damn near 10 years ago from now, but the similar kind of thing happened. Like, the shit was covered up and covered up and covered up by Japanese people. Then they let a foreign person run the company. He was like, yo, I'm the president. Show me the records. Show me the shit. And they're like, yeah, we can't really do that, bruh, bruh. You know? <laughs> they, like, just didn't let him see anything. And I think dude wrote a book about it. I mean, of course, it was a ghostwriter. But he wrote, there's a book about it. But he was, he, I saw the interview. He was just like, yo, they would just flat out refuse to show me documents that I was demanding to see, even though I was the president. And, yeah, that's Japan. And, you know, this sounds like a kind of similar situation um, because the, the Olympus guy was not, again, in the group and not protecting the group. The group went away from him. And then he eventually blew the whistle. And even, I think I've talked about it before, like when I've talked to several Japanese business people about that situation, they kind of blame the CEO dude, the foreign CEO in the Olympus situation. And I would imagine like in Nissan, a similar kind of thing happened. She found out what was going on, you know, found out some bullshit happened, was, you know, went went back maybe. She, it, seemed, she, it seems like she'd been working there since 2006 is what it said, but... um you know, um, these sweeping gestures, hey, no more of this, we're cutting blah, 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 has an undertone of of a lot of different things for Japanese people, and the nuance of it can be picked up by Japanese people. You know, a lot of times, like, um, yeah, like a, a, another quick example of a completely unrelated topic, but I believe earlier this year or last year, there was this football incident, like American football incident, where um completely like crazy play. Basically, this dude just ran away from the play was over, ran, tackled another player from behind, basically almost took him out of the game. And what basically the kid who I mean, it was like the most ridiculous. Like I I I give the analogy like of well, soccer. Let's say soccer, right? And imagine, like, there's a penalty kick situation and a player from the bench or from the sidelines before, you know, after the player kicks the ball into the goal or, or you know, he a player from the sidelines runs onto the field, slide tackles the dude and breaks his ankle. Like, that kind of 
or, or the goalie, you know, for example, the, the keeper and breaks his ankle. The slide kicks him from behind and breaks his ankle. Like that that level of foolishness was, was how ridiculous this play was where this guy tackled this other player and really took him out of the game. And what happened in this situation was, uh, you know, the kid, he was, you know, he was really clearly upset about it and um, he he got even more penalties over the course of the game. They allowed him to stay in the game, which I don't really understand why. And he, you know, the scandal came out. There was a video of it. It was really all over the news. And they asked him, like, you know, what was one of my students who formerly played uh, American football at the university, we talked about it one time. And he was like, yeah, basically the coach told him. Um, what did the coach say? Um, this is months ago that he told me. It was like something like, don't let him, you know, score on us or he's the most important player. You know, we have to neutralize him or something to that effect. It wasn't directly saying hurt him, but, you know, he can't continue to, you know, in this game. I think it was before the game. He can't be a factor in this game or something like something to that effect. Right. And the player, and I was asking him, but he didn't, I was like a little bit confused, like, but he didn't say hurt him. And he was like, no, but it's Japan. The nuance is understood. He, he's telling him, you got to take this dude out. And if he doesn't, every play he doesn't, the coach will look at him like, you ain't do nothing yet. You ain't do nothing yet. You ain't do nothing yet. And that pressure will mount until like, you just got to like run across the field and tackle the dude from behind and try and break his fucking legs, you know? And, and so that's, that's one of the nuances of Japan, but those nuances tend to get lost by foreign people, right? Especially people who are not from, because that, even for me, if someone said that shit in Japan, that nuance would not, I would not be able to pick up on that the first time. It would be like, why is the coach staring at me? So I'm just playing the game, you know? And so I could imagine like for the woman who is, you know, in charge of governance, like there had to be some memos, had to be some meetings, had to be a bunch of shit, you know, some fist thumping. We're not doing this anymore. We don't need this anymore. Blah, 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 blah kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take care of it. We have, we have to change. I'm in charge of governance. I need to be more on my shit, but that's the complete opposite of what the people were implying to do. They want to sweep it under the cup, you know, they want to show it, put it on the face. Hey, we're on top of it. But in reality, you know, just again, bury the bodies. Whatever happened in the past is in the past and we'll keep it quiet and move forward. And you can see, again, similar for me, even talk about it draws parallels to that football situation where, I mean, the, well, the football situation, the coaches, the coaches were fired, but, um, you know, um, uh, in this situation, like the top people are kind of spared, and the person who does the dirt, same same thing. Like in America, the, the 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 football player would be able to still play, but it was a whole press conference, and basically the the kid who did the tackle, who was really distraught about it, he's like, "I'm never playing football again," and he just quit playing football because he just couldn't do it. And my friend was telling me, my student was telling me that's the honorable thing for him to do. And he'll probably be able to, you know, even though he's in the limelight, he'll probably be able to get a job um, from that. You know, his job interviews will be good because it's kind of shown that he did the honorable thing. But it's just like, 
yo, come on, <laughs> you know, you know, and I think like in this Nissan situation too, I feel sorry for the person who was, who was forced to resign probably, or, you know, just felt so uncomfortable that she had to resign. Um, so I would encourage you to read that article, read up those two articles and read up on the situation. For me, it's kind of a fucked up situation. <laughs> there it goes. Thank you. Oh, bless me. All right. And that sneeze means it's time to end the podcast. You know, Mr. Sniffly Nose is going to be out of here. Um, but definitely go ahead and check those articles. Check up on the situation. Um, I'm sure I'll be a lot better next time. I'm, again, I'm going to rest tonight. Tomorrow I'm going to record a radio show. And um, yeah, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. So, all right, y'all. Um, have a great week. Enjoy football season. If you're from America, I'm, tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and watch some football with my son. Start teaching the game. He's not going to play it, but he's going to watch it. So, all right, y'all. Uh, hope you have fun. I'll talk to you later. Peace.